0: Editor's note, about a half hour into this podcast, John and I discuss a recent policy by the International Esports Federation that separated male and female tournaments. While we were recording this podcast, the IESF held an emergency meeting to address social media uproar over this issue. The IESF actually reversed their decision and said, quote, "...our reason for maintaining events for women only is that we acknowledge the importance of providing women with ample opportunities to compete in esports, a currently male-dominated industry. Without efforts to improve female representation in esports events, we can't achieve true gender equality. However, we realize that hosting a male-only competition is not the right way to go. As we stated, the industry is already male-dominated." The fact that a female-only competition is being held for the reasons stated above does not mean that there is a need to define the main competitions as male-only. Therefore, we have decided to remove male-only competitions. This means the upcoming IAESF World Championship will host a tournament in two sections, an open-for-all section, which is open for all genders, replacing men-only competitions, and a female-only tournament, as stated previously. End quote. John and I absolutely agreed with this decision, and we're highly recommending it, as you'll hear during this podcast. Of course, this policy has been enacted, so it's really no longer an issue, but we do tackle a lot of issues in terms of gender relations in the gaming community, and that is why I've decided to post this original podcast as recorded, despite the fact that the esports issue has actually been resolved at this point. With that in mind, hope you enjoy this episode of Unqualified Gamers. Do you know what song that is? Keep singing it. Do you know what song that is? This podcast is part of the Gunna Geek Network. The opinions expressed may not reflect those of other podcasts or affiliates of this show or Gunna Geek. Check out other geeky podcasts at GunnaGeek.com. Get ready because geekiness commences in 3, 2, 1. Well, John, thank you for playing us. Thank you for playing us into. Do you know what song that that is? Yes, that was the moon music from DuckTales for NES. Wrong. Wrong. Beethoven's fifth. Oh, that was Beethoven's fifth, wasn't it? (music) Oh boy, I sure am unqualified, John. Good thing we do a podcast called Unqualified Gamers, where two guys with no business talking about video games. We talk... We talk about video games. Yes, Jonathan. Thank you for that. And uh, this is episode seventy-six of that. And we are live right now. And we are going to talk about lots of things, including but not limited. We are well, two two things. Is that is
1: that okay? Yeah. No, that's okay. I apologize if I if I seem if I seem relatively exhausted. So I, well, I I'm not ready. I've, I'm not I've, ready
0: to hear your story because first I have to like.
1: There's no story right now. I'm just saying I've literally come off of 14 straight days of work because I picked up some shifts. So if it seems like I have a little bit fuzzy or cloudy or discombobulated, that is most likely why. You always seem like those things. Because it has been – yes, but that's usually because I'm drinking. Okay. And I haven't been doing that tonight.
0: Okay, that's fair. So – um and we'll we'll find out more about why you're fuzzy, but the, the things, the main things we'll talk about on this episode are Summer Games Done Quick 2014, which is part of the reason why we didn't do a podcast last week because there were some really great speedruns. They raised over $700,000 for Doctors Without Borders, which is fantastic. Mm-hmm. And um, we'll just talk about a couple of the highlights because all of the speedruns are up on YouTube, and there's just a, a huge amount of really cool stuff for you to look at. And we're also going to talk about... I mean, we can touch on the Steam Summer Sale, neither you nor I really participated a ton. So, instead we have to focus probably on the more Yeah, I have I I've, I've actually learned the trick of the Steam Summer Sale. Uh be really busy and not able to look at any of the games?
1: <laughs> no, cuz that never stopped me
0: from buying games before. No. The secret
1: is own all of the games on sale before they
0: go on sale you know i i've noticed that worked for me pretty well as as well actually yeah so so like when when eight games went up and i already owned four of them it's like well
1: well that already takes care of half of the games i would have bought right and then (laughs) because i would have
0: obviously bought all four four of those i would have bought all of them and then you also realize and of those four games i own i've played one of them so really, no, no, I haven't played any. That's of them. true. That's true. okay. That's accurate. Uh, but the other, so we won't, we won't really talk much about that. But the other big news, huge news, is the latest and greatest from the world of e-gaming and e-sports and Hearthstone and not letting girls. Play yeah, I don't video know if I'd call. It, I mean, I don't know if I'd
1: call it huge news. It certainly made waves today. I, I don't, I would, it's not the largest news of, of the world.
0: It, it is news. Though. In yes, the video game news. world, I would argue that it's kind of a, it's kind of a big deal. It's a here's, big deal. You know it what? Is you know what here's you know, it here's is why deal. it's a big deal. Honestly, this wouldn't be a big deal. Okay. Okay. It's going to be a big deal no matter what, but it wouldn't be as big of a deal if it hadn't come 24 hours after the Hobby Lobby Supreme Supreme Court decision. Because women on social media are already in an uproar and up in arms over the whole, we're not allowed, you know, the contraception thing, Hobby Lobby, this and that. And then within 48 hours to also learn that they're um, being, in some people's minds, marginalized in the world of esports. by you know the international uh, whatever e game federation or whatever I th- I think that's what it is I I think that it's being magnified substantially because they're already kind of like everyone's already kind of freaking out um so that's that's my opinion but I, I, do you want to start with talking about that whole thing since we already kind of did or first let's hear where you were last week okay yeah we're gonna get, do a so... quick update on John before we launch into all this heavy gaming talk so J- John was gone last week. Yeah,
1: I was, and not, not by choice. Uh, oftentimes, when I am gone, it is you know, like if I am legitimately gone, it is because maybe I'm on vacation or, um, I don't know, I'm getting laid. Something like something that's more fun than being with Cody. Well, actually, that's most things, but it would be something I was I would be enjoying. Um, so my my story starts on uh, like it was a Friday morning at six thirty. I am asleep. My wife is awake. She has a friend coming into town for the entire weekend I'm supposed to work. And she wakes me up out of sleep frantically, both both panicked and incredibly pissed off, which is a horrible combination to be woken up by, mind you, um, telling me I need to come downstairs right now and take a look at this. And I come downstairs in my, you know, sleep hungover stupor, And, um, she's like, look at this. And there is mold that is literally like through the drywall of my, of one of my downstairs bedrooms. I've got two bedrooms downstairs in my house and one of them had black mold coming through the wall. Um, and I was like, okay, well that's, this is not good. Like this is not a good thing. I, I'm a first time homeowner. Um, you know, I don't have experience with renovation at all yet, but I am fairly certain that this is not good to have mold coming through your wall. I mean, I know, I know it's not good to have mold in the wall, but I think it's even worse to have it actually coming through your wall. I think that's a that means safe that assessment. Mold. I think there's a, a, a. What my initial assumption was that means that there is enough mold in my wall that it is coming <laughs> through my wall. So, um, there there was a very quick assessment of the situation um and oh actually and i'm sorry this was a weekend i didn't work this was a weekend i didn't work This was that friday had off so quick assessment of the situation that we need to get this looked at immediately um and we are blessed enough in our lives to have a very good friend who is a master plumber by trade um so like eight years plumbing school style master mario plumber. or luigi um but he also does a lot of other construction work. I think in a lot of these sectors, people that are in, in formal construction like this, they kind of bleed over into other areas. Like, they may have their trade, like like uh, master plumber or concrete guy, but they really oftentimes have a very good handle on how to do many other things as well, right? So anyway, he is a master, master plumber by, by trade, but he also does a ton of renovations by himself. Um, and he came over at about twelve o'clock that day um and you know he was off for the weekend at this point um and he kicked his steel toed boot through my wall because that's kind of what you do uh and there was a lot of mold in there, and then we kind of cased around my basement because initially it was like, okay, it's in this spot, which is like near the bathroom but it's mostly like, like the mold is over in this like area of drywall here, which is next to the bathroom. But then we started looking around like the foundation of the house. It turns out that I had mold in pretty much both of my, my bedroom, both bedrooms all the way along all of the walls, as well as my bathroom, um, which is half of my house. I mean, that's, that's, it's, it, it was half of my basement. It was, it was half of my house. Um, and because of some issues with like my upstairs g- gutter stuff, it, there was actually water that was coming down one of the inside panels of my of my exterior paneling of my house, which was molding away, rotting away the boards behind the paneling. Wow! As well as as well as wood into the closet of my wife and I's bedroom upstairs. Wait, really? My, wife and my bedroom upstairs. Yeah. So, uh. He, he kicked his shoe through the wall and he's like, "You're gonna have to tear all this down." And I'm like, "Oh, okay." Uh, and at that point, I was in I'm in a little like shock, right? Because because I'm like that, like this is not this is not a good situation. Like I, I again, I'm a first time homeowner. Pretty sure it's not good when you have to completely tear apart two rooms of your house, two bedrooms of your four bedroom house. So um, I was like, well. Okay, so what do I do? Like, when do we start this? He's like, let's start it now. So we go to Home Depot and I drop $1,100 on various things. So I get like saws because I have to, I get a saw because I got to saw through the wall. I get a bunch of bagsters, which are these large, like soft dumpsters that you fill with stuff and then you call the trash company and pick up. Um, I get a dehumidifier. I just get. All, I get all of this stuff, and we start tearing down the fucking walls in my house, which I didn't know how easy this was to do. Apparently, super easy. You get a big ass hammer and you just start hammering. Shit. And then after the wall is gone, you you see a bunch of wood. First of all, there's dust everywhere, and you're dying because there's dust everywhere, um, drywall dust. But then there's just framing everywhere, which is wood. And then insulation between the framing to keep the house warm. Because you have to have insulation. Um, So then you just start cutting through the framing, if it's not a load-bearing wall, with a saw. And then you just pull all of the wood out. So that was basically what we did for the next two days. We we destroyed my house. That is what we have done. Um, So my house is a complete wreck right now. But we managed to get... Two rooms completely demolished. So we got all of the drywall down, all of the sheet rock down, um, all of the framing down and put into the dumpsters. Um, and we got my entire bathroom completely demolished. So like right now, when you walk down, you've been to my house. Normally you walk down my stairs. There's a bedroom on your left. You walk a little bit. There's another bedroom on the left. And then you keep walking straight and there's a bathroom. And all three of these are separate rooms. Well, right now when you walk downstairs, there's the bedroom to the left. No walls. There is a wall between my two bedrooms still because that wall didn't have mold. It didn't have to come down. Thank God. There's the second bedroom. And then there's the bathroom. And there's no walls separating that bathroom and the bedroom anymore. Now it is just one giant room. But all the fixtures are out of the bathroom. So my bathroom is now a hole in the ground. Good. Wow. Because Good. all of the fixtures had to be taken out. So yeah, So I've got a hole in the ground which is my drain, which apparently wasn't up to code to begin with, so that's all got to be redone. Um, thankfully, I know a plumber. Um, and then a bedroom, like, all the carpet and everything's just shredded out of all that stuff. Um, and I, and the real kicker is that, you know, we have a baby, which I'm sure you know if you've listened to our podcast listener, I have a baby. Cody doesn't. Um, I don't think, well, I, if he does, he doesn't I know I
0: probably him. have at least one, but I Yeah. No one's told me about it. Like I said, if
1: he has one, he doesn't know about it. Um, And we, we, like we made the decision, which I think any new parent, probably first time parent would do if they had the option. We made the decision that we couldn't stay there. Um, Now, if we didn't have another place to go, I'm sure that we would have made it work and stayed there. But thankfully, you know, my mother-in-law also lives in Minnesota. So we Basically packed up everything that first day. Keep in mind, I spent the entire day demoing that, that house. And then we packed up everything we could and like moved over to my mother-in-law's house, which is where I'm at right now. Um, and that was like the start of my weekend. So the remaining two days were spent com- completing that kind of demolition process and kind of trying to settle into our new accommodations because um, one thing I have learned from this situation is that when you want to get, like, big work done to your house, it takes a significant amount of time. Like, you got to call... you Because you, you call the contractors that have to come over, and they have to give you estimates. So you have to schedule those, and then they often come a couple weeks later to do the work for which you have been estimated. So, like we have a ton of work that we want to do to the house before we go back in. And we, I have been meeting with contractors over the past week on what little time I have off. Um, and like trying to kind of like set things up and the amount of money that things cost is, I have, uh, this is one of the like worst things I've had to do so far. Like, in my adult life, but it is one of the best learning experiences I think I will ever have in my adult life. Like, I will not be surprised with home issues, I don't think, going forward. Because I don't think it, like, honestly, I don't think it comes much bigger than basically refinishing your basement. Because that's what I'm doing. I'm, like, I'm refinishing a basement. My basement went from finished to unfinished in a weekend. And I have to now refinish it. And, and I mean, I, I think finishing a basement is probably one of the more expensive things you can do in terms of rental to your house. So I really think this is going to give me some incredible perspective later for when I have other things because houses take maintenance. I mean, this is something you have to do. Um, I just think it's going to give me great perspective later. It's how I'm trying to look at it so I don't kill myself.
0: Yeah, <laughs> sounds like a, a lot of work. That does bring up a question about plumbing though. I do have a question about plumber. Sure. Is Waluigi a plumber? I didn't find the
1: entrance to the Mushroom Kingdom. It was not in my toilet. There was mostly just s*** there. Oh, like literally unflushed? No, I, I flushed, but you know, it's a drain in the ground. Like s*** piles up. Well, that's good to know. And, and I would think Waluigi is probably not a plumber by trade. If he is, I doubt he's accredited. Okay, can you be accredited? I doubt he as a went plumber? to school I doubt he went to school for okay. it. Okay. I was just yes, curious. An accredited, yes. Uh, accredited plumbers, Well yes. that
0: sounds horrifying. Are you thinking about uh adding a couple minor upgrades in the remodel? Actually, yeah. So
1: one of the things that my wife and I decided, because honestly we have been like looking at like the bills for what what this is all going to be. Um and it is a significant amount of money just to get it back to where it was, but we are finding it hard to swallow the idea of paying this large amount of money to make the house exactly the way it was. Right. And I think a majority of people would feel the same way. It feels very deflating. And so we've decided that, you know, like this house is not our dream house. There's a ton of things I would change about it. If I could, we just haven't had the money or the, the, dedication to do it yet so we decided that because we are already spending this large amount of money we're going to at least do one upgrade remodel on something that we want that is like cosmetic that will improve our life because otherwise it would while living in that house because otherwise i think this particular just renovation would drive us both insane. Because it literally feels otherwise like I am flushing money completely just down the toilet because you don't, it's all done behind the walls. It's all stuff that like, I don't see. So yes, we're going to rip, rip the carpet upstairs in my living room and put down laminate floor. Oh, that's cool. It's going to be like hardwood floor. That's cool. So we're both very, very excited about that. We've we've, We've wanted hardwood floors from the get go. They're very expensive, and so that's why that is not something that we have. Carpet is not expensive. Carpet is cheap. So, um, yeah, that's what we're
0: going to do, and we're very excited about it. Did not know that, the more you know. Well, I'm sorry to hear about your, your home woes. I'm glad. Are you living back at home yet? Or No, we won't be at home for a while. It's going to be weeks, probably. And so it looks like right now you're in the office of an attorney. Is that accurate? So I am
1: in the office of, uh, well, it's, it's the office of Casey's mother's house. When her dad was alive, he was in fact an attorney. And so, yes, um, I am surrounded by all of his degrees and his law books and it's a little intimidating.
0: Wow. Yeah. I mean, I like, you literally look like you're on the set of a commercial for a lawyer, yeah, and it kind of feels that way a little bit. So I mean minus the t shirt and you looking like garbage.
1: I also I also don't look really intense like all of those. Like I think lawyer commercials you either have to look really intense or like welcoming. Those are your two options. Or you have to look intensely welcoming. Yeah,
0: yeah. You just kind of look because, bland because you have
1: to you have to be willing to fight. Right. I don't I look like I'm dying. No, you look slowly. bland, expressionless
0: so, uh very blase I would say uh, lacking any semblance of personality, pretty much at all. Um, what else can I say about you? So keep in
1: mind that all of this stuff was happening. And again, I picked up a bunch of shifts at work. Before this to, happened. To make it. Before this even happened, I did because they were, there was some extra incentive to do so. Um, and then this happened. And so for the next three months, I picked up a bunch of extra shifts. And I'll, I will have two weekends off in the next three months, one of which is Gen Con. But it's just it like in general, that was kind of the, you know, that was I was my initial kind of knee jerk reaction that like this is going to be really expensive. I'm going to have to find a way to temper that a little bit. And this is the way to do it. So I'll be very uh, you know what this is like I'm trying to think of this as it's one summer of my life. Not it's not going to be the best summer of my life, but it is one summer of my
0: life. And I just
1: need to get through it. So that's kind of where I'm at.
0: And hey, I'm here, so it's not all that bad. Yeah, it makes it worse. Great. Cool. That's uh that's really fantastic. Well I'm sorry, I mean So how was your weekend? My weekend um was uh was was fine. I um did I talk about Amazing Spider Man two on the last episode we did? Y- yeah, you did. We did, I did talk about that. Um yeah, I I haven't been up to. I had a story about my weekend, and then it just kind of went away. I guess as you okay. told your story, um, I'm I'm sure some you streamed a bunch of shovel knight. I streamed some sh- well, right. But you normally at the start of our podcast we talk about the non gaming related stuff that we did, and I'm not yeah I'm not remembering a lot of that. Um, I mean I've been watching the World Cup. That was really fun. U.S. lost, of course, to. Uh, Belgium, which is very sad. And, yeah, in addition to that, I, I haven't done a whole lot. I've kind of been here in Chicago uh, looking around my room for, like, inspiration. Oh, my God. There it mm-hmm. is. There it is. I'm so glad I looked. I've been doing this. Been okay. This. You see this? You see what this is? You can't because been it's writing really hard to I read. Can't. But this is – the, see all the red are the days I'm supposed to do yoga, and then the rest are the. Is that
1: a new? Is that a new script for Dance Dance Revolution: The Warriors Path?
0: 3? No, uh, that is everything else. The Warriors Path. This is my workout schedule for DDP Yoga, which I'm actually doing and sticking to now. You made a schedule? I, no, I, this is the schedule from the the handbook or whatever. I just prefer to the PDF, so I printed it out at work. But yeah, um, I they ha- so they have they have they have 13 week programs uh, at a beginner level, intermediate level or or advanced level. I had I had like done a couple workouts or whatever and I've done it, a, you know, I started it a couple times before and never followed through. So, I started in week 2 of DDP yoga and uh-huh. so I did week 2 and then I did week 3 and now I'm halfway through week 4. And I plan on finishing up this weekend and then I'm gonna keep going to week five and it's great. And I've updated my diet as well. Uh, I am eating like zero processed foods, very low um uh glu- hold on, what is it? <laughs> Gluten, very low glu I almost said glucose, and I'm like, no, I think I need glucose. I think you need like that to I think live. You need that. So um yeah. uh I'm not doing like gluten-free, super exclusive, but I am substantially decreasing the amount of gluten. Um, I don't remember why he goes into it. It's something about the way it's processed or something. And then I'm lowering the amount of dairy that I take in because I believe that that attributes to – that's what is contributing to a lot of the fat in my body, which I'm trying to get rid of. So like the last couple times I've been shopping at Trader Joe's recently, I am no longer buying milk. I bought almond milk. Have you ever had almond milk?
1: That's all I drink because
0: I can't have regular milk. Oh, right. Um, The ingredients are like almonds, water, and cane sugar. It's like sugar. You're drinking sugar. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: I mean, you're drinking almonds. (laughs) But you're – I mean, do you get the unsweetened or the regular? The unsweetened. Okay. See, I got one thing of regular almond milk, and it is literally – it's seven grams of sugar per serving. And the ingredients are like almonds, it, water, and cane sugar. It's a little sweet. You're like drinking yeah, cane a little, sugar. I think... The one I'm drinking is kind of sweet. Next time I go, I'm going to get unsweetened. And I also got rice milk because somebody said that's good to have with cereal. I don't
1: like rice milk. Yeah, it's too They thin. said it's
0: really thin, so I'm going to try the rice milk. I don't know, but um, – but, yeah, if you're thinking about – I am a I am a lactose-free connoisseur. I will hook you up with the non-lactose foods. That's cool. All right. Um, yeah, I've been making more eggs because eggs are a good uh, complex protein to have in the morning. Normally I'm a bacon-in-the-morning kind of guy, but I've switched back to eggs and um, just eating a lot of, like, lean meats and things. And I don't know. I feel good. I feel really good. And I, I keep doing it, and uh, it's it's fun. So I'm actually exercising again and doing DDP yoga. Yay me. I'm not going to die and be totally sedentary all summer. It's great.
1: You're going to die. Thank you. At least lose your feet.
0: For that. So, um yeah, that's what I've been doing is DDP yoga, lots of video games. I marathoned Attack on Titan and watched that in, like, a week. Attack on Titan uh-huh. is the huge anime that everybody is really, really into right now. Uh. I actually
1: started watching. that You as actually well.
0: shockingly started watching it. Now you're you just you're exactly halfway through, right? I'm actually more than halfway. I think I'm like 14 or 15 episodes. Oh, now. okay. Isn't the new theme song terrible compared to the old one?
1: Oh, I don't think I actually heard the new
0: one. Oh, dude. Maybe I... there's a new one and it's not good, dude. The season one, like first 13 episodes. The season one theme song is. Excellent. It's, it's, yeah, it's really it's good. It's really good. It's really good. It's like a full choir rock band, horn section and orchestra. It's basically bravely defaults battle music in a lot of ways. Yeah. But it's super good. So like go check out the Attack on Titan theme song. The anime is pretty good. Um I really like the first half of the season. The sec- like near the second half it gets a little um kind of bogged down in a lot of there's a lot of talking about dying and everybody dying kind of constantly. Yeah. Humanity being wiped out. Humanity being blah, wiped blah, blah, blah. out, like what it means to live, like throwing your life away as a soldier. Like I don't, I can't relate to it on a personal level, particularly well. I feel like it's very military focused. I don't know if you got that impression. Yeah, a little bit. So I don't know. Um, I mean, overall, really good. I would say, I would say, worth watching. And uh, yeah, so I binge watched. You and I, you and I had
1: a discussion where, like, the thing that's really interesting me in it is the. The, the mystery thread that is going on like, because basically these Titans have been around in this show for a hundred years and they literally just appeared one day and nobody knows anything about them. So I'm really hoping that that, and that mystery, and then there's this, there's this weird subplot where like Aaron Yeager, who's the main character, his dad talks about a like disappears at the start of the show for the most part, but has, Told the main character that like he needs to check out the basement in their house before the house is demolished in the in the opening episode of the show, and so and he had been doing research on Titans, so he knows something, um, and so there's there's like information out there that that you don't know that nobody knows yet about the Titans, but is like available, and I'm hoping that that is like a cool reveal when it is finally revealed.
0: When we yeah, get hopefully the people that wrote Lost are not on the writing staff.
1: You know, some people like that. I did.
0: Yeah, Lost was uh, cool. last season I didn't love, but we won't get into that. But So I watched Second Titan and been doing DDP Yoga. Uh, less stressful than re- ripping open my basement and having a new house, obviously. Um, but, you know.
1: Yeah, I'm f***ing sore. Like, I am just sore. Everything... Hurts. Aren't you glad you've been working out? Like Aren't you
0: glad you've been working out?
1: Yeah, absolutely. But like, I'm not just, I'm not used to feeling like this. Like, my legs just for the past week have just hurt. Oh, no, I understand. They've, they've just hurt.
0: It sucks. So, all right. Um, so, listener, hey, thanks for making a, a half hour into our personal lives and hearing about anime. That's right. And home construction and yoga, because that's obviously why you listen to video game podcasts. That's right? what we talk right, about. Right, pretty much. That's what so, we talk about. Uh, I, I mentioned that we're going to talk about a couple things SGDQ and the whole Hearthstone deal. Um, do you want to just get into uh, what do you want to do first?
1: No, no, we kind of teased the Hearthstone thing.
0: You want to get into that?
1: Sure. We can okay, talk
0: about that. so if you've not heard the, I don't even know what the federation is—the International E Games Federation or something. Who are they? IEGF IAGF or, or International Alliance of of E Games or or whatever it is. IAGF because we're we're very. I'm sure it's a
1: large group of. I'm sure it's a large group of men.
0: It is a a. Co- I'm sure that's the. It is actually a coalition yeah, of several <laughs> countries. It's based in South Korea. And I'm
1: sh- and I'm sure it's all men.
0: Probably all men, but it includes like 70-some countries. So somebody was reading the fine print for a tournament they're having somewhere in Europe, and it said that the Hearthstone tournament is for male players of that country, which means that they are separating females from that event. And right. this, I'm sure as you can imagine, especially coming two days after the Hobby Lobby contraception decision— is just it's it's apocalypse for all girl gamers. Um, and I'm not trying to make light of it. Like I get that it's a big deal to a lot of people. So I'm not I'm not trying to make fun of it, but again, I think it was really magnified by that hobby lobby news. So a lot of people are really up in arms talking about how um, it's an esport. It it's not as physically I guess demanding. Like some of the reasons certain sports are separated into male and female divisions is for certain, I guess, physical restrictions or limitations. One would presume, I don't know the history of it. Again, we're unqualified, like really unqualified about this, but the point,
1: I think it's, I think it's more just that with, with certain sports, there is an obvious advantage to being a male physically. Like in basketball, men, men are much taller on average, than women, and being tall in basketball is an objective advantage. Okay, and so cool. he
0: said it, not like me. So women director angry comments. And, and so, John.
1: and so there is an there is an advantage, and actually, to be honest, the NBA does allow women on professional teams in the NBA, but there just aren't any. Isn't that weird? It's like one of the only leagues that does that. Um, Why doesn't the NFL? But, the NFL. I don't know. I thought the NCAA football did. I don't know enough. I don't know enough about it. But I think that just that there is an obvious advantage in certain sports to being male. And so that is one of the reasons why they are separated. Right.
0: So then there and maybe even if it's not like because of because of
1: because of physical ability right? because of physical ability. right? And maybe even not necessarily
0: always the males get the advantage. Gymnastics is also split up. Female gymnasts probably have an edge in a lot of areas over male gymnasts. So it depends on the sport, Uh, softball, baseball, whatever you're talking about. The Olympics does it. Everybody does it, right? So here is what the E-Federation had to say about this, okay? They had two reasons for doing this. Uh, Reason number one was because they wanted to make the sport more accessible to women, Saying that because it's – essentially because it's such a male-dominated sport right now, it is um, maybe not intimidating necessarily, but it is um, not as excessive – Difficult? D- difficult. It's not – It's it's harder for women to get into it. Like maybe. Maybe it's harder for a girl to feel comfortable breaking into an all-male scene. Intimidating? I don't know. I don't know what the word is. It doesn't matter. Um, that was their number one thing was we would like to encourage and draw more women into the scene. Their second point was that by international standards, international sporting standards like the aforementioned Olympics, um, in order to be seen as a legitimate sport, esports needs to separate, have the separation because all other sanctioned worldwide sports have this separation including chess. Which is legitimate? I mean that that is a legitimate thing. Is that in the, okay? In-
1: I saw that I saw the chess argument, and before you go before you go further into that, I will say that chess actually does allow both genders to play on the professional, whatever the main yeah, play like the NBA. I'm aware of that. I'm aware of scene that. is. Yeah. Yeah, and they 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 do have a women's only league and they have that because the original thought by them was that that would increase the number of women that decided to play chess. Mm-hmm. So that is that is what's going on with the whole chess thing. Women are actually allowed to play in the in the competitive pro whatever league. Like the NBA of chess can be played by both men and women. Right.
0: Yes. And I'm aware of that. So I'm not again, I'm not arguing anything for or against, but I um I I can see I guess how that's not a legitimate argument of the sp- but-
1: well of the sports that that like people are citing and using as examples of of like w- where you can draw the most logical comparison chess is what they draw right right so that's that is what they they draw I you know what I I bowled for a large majority of my life I guess I, I could also draw Bowling to that because you don't necessarily have to be the most physically fit person. I apologize to any bowlers out there, but you really don't have to be the most physical fit physically fit person to bowl. This again coming from somebody who bowled for a very long time. And do you know what the PBA, the Pro Bowlers Association, has both men and women on their on their pro association. And is that is so there are general? women in? The, yes. There are women. There are very few women in the PBA, but there are women in the PBA, and the the and just like chess, like the aforementioned chess, they also have a PBA, which is a women's only PBA. So that does exist as well, but they allow women onto the what you would consider like the primary league. Oh,
0: and are there women bowlers in that primary league? Yes. Okay. There are. Okay. And is that recognized internationally as a sport? Bowling, yes. Okay. Well, then... Yeah, absolutely. That second argument is not legitimate, then. Because if bowling does that, and if chess yeah. does that, and if... I believe poker does that, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. There are women in the... I haven't watched World Series. I used to watch World Series of poker all the time. Oh, no. There are de- there are awesome women in poker. Okay. So, so poker bowling chess all have both men and women so there's there's precedent yeah yeah, so their second argument is is kind of um kind of doesn't really doesn't really hold up um so it's it's odd to me that this happened um really it's odd to me that this happened especially in the way that it happened i i think if they had simply presented it as these other associations did uh, you know, with there being the kind of main tournament where it's all free-for-all. And then introducing a female tournament, I think that would be great. Um, I think there need—I, I frankly, very honestly think that there needs to be a women-exclusive esports league or tournament series because of the community that currently exists in mainstream esports, which is not welcoming to women – it is not nice to women. Um, you hear about – I mean you hear girls that go to one convention or tournament and never ever want to have anything to do with it again, uh, let alone eSports. And I'm not condemning every eSports player, and I'm not condemning the organizers, but that's the way it is. And it sucks. It really sucks. But when I went to the Smash Brothers Championship tournament in like 2003 or four or whatever, I don't think I saw a single girl – there was one girl there, Right? And um, that was about it. You know, like, it, I don't like that. I don't like that as a gamer. I have always wanted more women in the community. But the fact of the matter is, like, at that level, in this area of it where it's pro championship gaming, like, what girl is going to want to be there other than the very, like, very kind of battle-hardened or, like, I mean, you've got to have, like, such a ridiculous amount of passion. Like, I, I want that bar to get a little lower I, so but, more girls but, can get into but
1: it. But you would – but. But you would uh, you would have to argue, though, that, like, the people that are professional sports players are, like, the top in the world of any sports are are the people that are the most passionate about whatever sport it is that they're playing.
0: Like, right.
1: Because they are the best in the world at it. And they how, how, did, their how did they become
0: the best in the world? Lots of practice and playing against their peers who are better than them until they get better and better and better and if there's no community well, well, sure. if yeah. there's no community where a, where females feel safe playing other players that are better than them because like i'm ranked 600 but this dude is ranked 800 let me play against him well he's you know yeah but in but in the current
1: in the current world of esports you can it's it's not anonymous but it's pretty much anonymous. Like Hearthstone, when you play Hearthstone against another player, you can't even chat with them. You can't. First of all, you can't see their face, but you can't chat with them at all. There's the only thing you can do is do these little emotes that Blizzard has baked into the game. For that reason of they're not, they didn't want verbal abuse going on in their game, hmm. so they just have eight different emotes that you can say to your opponent. And when you're playing online, like when I log into my, my Hearthstone game and get matched with an opponent, um, I know nothing about that opponent other than their handle, right? But their matchmaking system, and they do have a ranked system, makes it so that like you can rank up to be the best in your, your region of servers. So, like, there's a North American number one player, um, you know, at all times. There's an Asian number one player on the Asian servers at all times, but you don't necessarily like know that person. You wouldn't need to know that person by face and nor if you ever played that person in hearthstone, would you be able to interact with them? You'd have to interact with them outside of the, of the game. But if you if you're like arguing, how are you going to get better? If you can't join, get into these communities, you don't technically, you don't have to like go to these events and stuff to get better at the games when you play them. Well, some games,
0: I I guess I'm, I'm f-
1: all of the legitimate esports that are out there right now: StarCraft Two, League of Legends, Dota, and and Hearthstone, which I think Hearthstone is kind of in the infancy of it. All of them are set up that way, where you just do a matchmaking connect online. Um, their, their their pro scenes are set in these large events:
0: Smash Brothers and you can Street Still... Fighter, and I'm talking fighting game community. They're not as big in mainstream. Those game-
1: they're they're all they're not esports yet. They may have they may have their big event, but they're not. They don't have world tournaments where they're bringing. Okay, maybe they do. Maybe they do. I don't actually. know. Oh, they have big tournaments.
0: They're not as big, nearly. Yeah, but big. I don't
1: think I don't think that I don't think that they have people coming over on sports visas for fighting games. I don't know, which they do in these other games. They do in StarCraft. They do in League of Legends. I think they're starting to in Hearthstone, and they definitely do in Dota as well. So people get people get sports visas to come over to play these games. Sure, sure.
0: And I, I'm seeing your point with Hearthstone and StarCraft 2 specifically. Dota and League of Legends are team games, right? right. So if I'm a girl and I'm really good... You have to communicate. You with eventually
1: their... do. You eventually do have to join a team. Yeah, yes. you,
0: and you have to communicate with those team members. And sometimes they're just as bad as the people you're playing against. So they still. Th- then that issue still is there, where there's a communications issue. Sure, but like if you're playing on, like if I'm playing online, they don't. Uh, you know, the opponents don't
1: have to know my gender. They just have to know I'm bad at the game, right? Like, there's no, there's no. You wouldn't know, the gender of the person. I'm just I am just responding to your idea that you have to be like a figure in the community to get better at the game. I mean, maybe at the highest of high levels you have to get there, but once you're at that level and if you are that good, I would think that would spe- I would think that a female would have that passion that you talked about, be that passionate about whatever it is that they're engaging in whatever game they're engaging in to be willing to put up with that. Then again, it's so bad that I don't know if, if any woman would be willing to put up with that. Sure.
0: Maybe you're right. But I think
1: that the, I think the big controversy is that no women were given the opportunity to, they were just told you can't even sign up.
0: And that's the big problem. I mean, that's a big problem. I think we can objectively say that. Um, I think maybe you're right. Maybe you're right. I, I'm coming from the place of, When we went to Gen Con in 2008, my girlfriend at the time, Erica, popped in or whatever. And after the con, she said to me, she's like, yeah, I mean, it was kind of fun to look around and stuff, but it's not really much my thing. And I spent the entire time getting groped by strangers and stared at by everybody. So not really sure I want to go again. And I know that's been the experience with um, female journalists at E3 you hear about like borderline sexual assault cases at E three. Oh, it's bad. Yeah. It you know, sounds really bad. Any any
1: very I think actually E three I think actually E three, because it's it's mostly press, doesn't have that issue as much. It definitely has that issue. I think that the worst things happen at PAX, some of the more fan centric conventions.
0: Right. PAX. Gen Con for the four girls that go to Gen Con. If you're a girl that goes to Gen Con, right. good on you. I'm not making fun of you. Please keep coming because the men's restrooms are really crowded all the time. Uh, but yeah, some of the fan conventions. Like I, I read these stories. Girls tweet out these links all the time. Guys tweet out these links. Polygonda stories on it. Um, there's a lot of coverage. In a, from my understanding, being a female in the gaming community in general is tough. And yeah. I feel like perhaps a female-only tournament could alleviate some of that by giving them an environment where they're not dealing with some of these guys. And um, maybe it's not necessary. Maybe they will still get in, like you said. Um, But I think that would be a nice little additional entry point. Because my my MO is, I want more girls in gaming. Like, when we watched SGDQ, I watched watched probably 30 hours or 20 or 30 hours of SGDQ. There were two girls. I think, in the entire convention. Um, and it was all the rest of us, men. Why do I care? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, why do I care at Gen Con when I walk into a room and it stinks of BO so badly that, like, I can't breathe? Like, girls are generally nice, and they smell good. Okay? I'm just going to leave it at that. Uh, so, yeah, I want more girls in the community. It's kind of a weird,
1: kind of a weird thing it to say. It is a weird thing to say. I just
0: want you to know that a lot of, a lot of times when you, when
1: you make your musings, when we talk about these more... I guess complicated issues a lot of times you draw from from y- your specific experiences, which is important and which is fine um you know a lot of times you'll you'll give some some evidence of something that happened at like Gen con when we went there or when you went to this conve- like when you went to e three or but i i think I think that it's it's dangerous to extrapolate that to larger groups like your specific experiences at gen con it it's it, again it's just dangerous to extrapolate that to that being the experience for most men when they see women at conventions but i'm not
0: just basing it on my experience i'm basing it on lots of things i read on the internet lots of like firsthand experiences of this is what i had to deal with at this convention and i'm, I'm not i'm not saying the majority of game of guy gamers are assholes. I'm not saying the majority of guy gamers like are super sexist or grabbing people or whatever. I'm not saying that at all. I, no, the problem is, is there's
1: it, it, it's probably a minority, but the problem is it is such a vocal minority of people that are doing that.
0: Right. It's like trolls. It's uh, like Giant Bomb. It's like Giant Bomb just had that issue with some woman that was criticizing them for something and a, bun- a a handful of guys started tweeting at her making like death threats so
1: what so so what happened here's another situation and this happened on i think actually the same day as it was either the same day or the day before but there was giant bomb which is a a very prominent figure in the world of video games journalism um like they're one of the premier sites i would i would i think honestly to go to um i i love them I love their podcast. I love the stuff that they do. Uh, they just had a couple positions open at their office in San Francisco and they hired two people and they hired two white guys and people expressed their opinion on whether they like liked the hire or not. And there was one particular woman who professed her disappointment in it. Um, which fine. She's entitled to that, to that opinion. Um, but members of the giant bomb community felt, I guess, slighted or something. Like, they felt like she was, it seemed to me like they felt like it was a personal attack on them or something. And regardless, they they, inter, they engaged with this girl in a way that was incredibly inappropriate. The most inappropriate, I would say specifically with threats which is like that's not okay. Like in no world is that okay. Right. That's never okay. Right, it's never okay. Yeah. And so giant giant bomb then had to get in front of it and say, "Hey, you know, you guys do not represent us." Because that that's that's the thing for giant bomb now is that giant bomb now has these these jerks on the community that don't represent them. But to the layman do represent them in terms of like, these are the people that you have in your community giant bomb. Like these are the people who, who watch you. These are the type of viewer that you attract. Right. So then giant bomb has to go out there and get in front of that, in front of it and be like, Hey, like these people are assholes. The appropriate, you know, steps have been taken. They're banned from the boards. Now can't come back that kind of thing. Um, and it just sucks. It just sucks because regardless of whether you agree with this woman's opinion, uh, that this was, disappointing that they they didn't hire a minority or a female in either of these positions they had open regardless the and even if she's not willing to have a civil discourse with you about it it is not then okay to threaten her because she's not willing to she she doesn't owe you a civil discourse
0: right she even if she's a horrible troll you don't like that's the line you don't cross. is threatening people. I mean, it's there's the, that
1: is probably far beyond the line you don't cross. There's there's just there's just lines you don't cross.
0: Like it. I mean, it, there's it's, just to be fair. She. I mean, people were asking her legitimate questions about her opinion and her. It doesn't matter. No, 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 it doesn't no, no, no. matter. I'm not talking about like it, I'm not talking about that. You're just talking about the line. Like can be so far, so far, whatever. I I mean, I think there's like anything you say on the internet is. You just said there's stuff past the line other than death threats, I, I or than threats. I don't know what else is was is over the line. I guess. Well,
1: no, I, th- I I was I'm saying more. There's like death threats are way past the line. There's probably stuff bef- like leading up to that that is still past the line.
0: Yeah, I like, guess I, unwanted I just don't know sexual like unwanted sexual yeah. advances. Okay, I guess that's which true. are
1: not which are not as bad as death threats
0: still past the line. I guess I feel like any any real life. Threat escalation is past the line. Anything else is just trolls trolling each other. Because the thing is, like, and this isn't getting as widely reported on, her her canned response to everyone that tweeted at her, no matter what they asked her or said, was go f*** yourself. That was it. And, like, sure, that that's, that's not fine. cool. So people can, cu- if people no. are tweeting no, her no, back it's... and saying, well, f*** you, you suck. Like, that's okay in my mind because she's just being a troll. And I think that's sort And of I fine. don't think
1: any... I don't think that anybody was criticizing. No,
0: not those at all, people. not at all. And I'm not excusing the yeah. the further stuff. I'm not excusing the real life stuff. I just want to put that out there that like some of the shit that she got, she totally earned. Right? She was being a bitch for no reason to people. Right.
1: But my point is that she doesn't. Again, she, she as an individual doesn't owe you a a discourse. She doesn't owe you a discussion. She's allowed to have whatever opinion she wants and she's allowed to not talk to whoever she doesn't want to talk yes,
0: to. Yes, exactly. Which means don't and, threaten her.
1: But yeah, and so if she like if her canned response to your to your angry your angry tweet or your angry email or whatever is just go f yourself, it is like that is where it's left. Again, she doesn't she doesn't owe you anything. And yeah, maybe maybe Like, why would you want to interact with a person like that anyway to begin with? But the point is, is then you do not get a community. And like, like I said, they like, they found out where this girl lived and they threatened like they, they, they had rape and death threats. That is like, I can't even, I can't even like wrap my head around that.
0: Right. That whole thing was asinine. Um, yeah, that whole thing was nine. I mean, the whole. thing mean, was I'm, a not bunch of in, I'm not into
1: the. I'm not into the internet as much as as you are. You, you know, like I don't even know how to use Reddit. I really don't. <laughs> I don't know how to use. I don't know, like I don't know anything about 4chan. So, to me, when I see situations like this, it's like I don't understand how how people. I don't understand how people can behave this way. Like it, it seems inhuman. It seems
0: inhuman to me yeah it's pretty inhuman though so the entire incident was childish the entire thing i mean this this woman straight up trolled and then started cussing people out people trolled her back and cussed her out and and that's just childish enough in itself that's everybody there is an idiot and you need to just shut up and stop but then a handful of people took it way too far, all right? And then that's what escalated this whole thing, of course, which then makes yeah. her suddenly look sympathetic, which I disagree with, but she didn't deserve to get that kind of stuff. So, this and this goes back to what we were talking about before with the whole gaming community, right? Um, yeah, it's the very vocal minority, right? Even if four people sent her death threats and found her address, Yeah,
1: threats, giant giant bomb, giant bomb had 70,000 people watching their E3 uh, coverage like on one night yeah. or something like and that or maybe it was like 30,000 it was a ton I guarantee you that 15,000 people are not sending this girl death and rape threats right. when she, when something like this happens
0: it's gonna be maybe 5 or 10 or 20 okay so then to go back to your point about you know me, me extrapolating personal experience which is when it comes to women at conventions this isn't my personal stuff I'm like reading articles people are tweeting and it's like oh I'm a journalist for IGN here's how I got hit on at E3 or, I'm a, or I was a girl gamer, and here's what the crap I had to deal with at this eSports tournament, and things like that. Like I'm reading a lot of other accounts from people, and I'm scrolling through the comment section, and I'm seeing a lot of people supporting them, other girls being like, yeah, this is how it is. This is how it is. I'm friends with uh, Elliot Serrano, the red-eye um, writer for Chicago Tribune who does geek to me. And I follow him on Facebook and he posts a lot about uh, how certain conventions, Comic-Con and even C2E2, the Chicago Comics and Entertainment Expo, need mm. to institute anti-sexual harassment policies because so many girls are dealing with this stuff. So it's being reported on regularly and for years. So I'm not just talking about personal experience. I brought up Erica's experience because that resonated with me specifically um, because that that's what kind of... You know, when you see something personally happen, obviously, that's your kind of wake up call sometimes right? because you can read a million things. It's really a
1: bu- it's really a bummer. It's really a bummer that to see this many reports as to what you're talking about and that to not have convention creators doing anything about it.
0: And some are and some are. Um, but, you know, there are people that are boycotting packs. For what the Penny Arcade writer did. Gabe or Tycho. Or, That's right. You know, his, uh, his whole wolf rape or whatever, his whole rape joke deal. There are girls now boycotting PAX. And the girls boycotting PAX, guess what? They're getting rape and death threats. That's why I hate Penny Arcade. Sorry, gamer fans uh, that are listening right now. I don't like Penny Arcade. I don't like the humor. I don't think it's that great. I don't really follow it. And I think that the guys running it are holes. Like, I don't think that's okay. And I've never thought that's okay. And for everybody yeah, to keep in- worshiping it certainly but
1: insensitive.
0: It's it's on un- it's unbelievably insensitive. And I you know, I I've never been a penny arcade guy, so that that's where I am at with that. But, um, but that's where I'm coming from with that. And it is, it does suck that the vocal minority is there. And again, so when I'm talking about how I think a female professional sports league would be a great thing, it's not because every guy has a jerk. It's not because every guy is doing it. It's just because that minority of people, uh, even if it's 1% of the gaming community, they're so rough with these girls that it, makes it uninviting to them. And if if I'm a girl and I work really hard to be good at a sport and then I go to a tournament somewhere and everyone's giving me crap for being a girl and harassing me and doing all this crap, why am I going to want to keep going? Even if it's the one time I ever interact with these people out of the entire year, why would I want to keep going? I want to be a part of a community. And I think the girl gamers need to be able to have a community they can be a part of where they're welcomed by everybody. And that's why I think that a female league would be great. So that's my take on that.
1: I would say as lo- like so the we didn't even talk about the initial point which was that they they want to consider this a legitimate international sport to which I say why can't like why couldn't esports be different? Like why does it have to be like these other sports? I just don't think it does. Um but I I, I I would agree that sure have a women's league, but let let women sign up for the initial league if they want to. Oh, I agree too. Like I agree with
0: that too. Don't get me wrong.
1: Yeah, like don't don't just make the initial. There is there's like there's no reason to not allow women to if they want to and if they're good enough to play with with everyone to have it be a a one like yeah no
0: allow women me to are clarify. Just as I I of, agree. I agree.
1: Yeah. Women are just as capable of dedicating themselves to an esport as any as any man. As any sport. They're they're just as capable of dedicating themselves to a sport and having that be their life as any man. So like it just it's it's dumb that it's dumb that you would artificially segregate them other than for for maybe like the reason that you said where you could maybe create a better community for them which they could do themselves. I mean, they could make a W esports, whatever, if they wanted to. But the point is, is they should have, like, like women should be able to be in the general esports community if they want to.
0: Yeah, totally. Totally. I When I say I, I would like there to be a female-only league, I mean in addition to a league that's open to everybody. Just to be perfectly clear. Yeah. Like chess, like bowling, like poker poker if poker even yeah it's just yeah there yeah i don't even think
1: i've got a female league in poker i just i'm i get very frustrated by members of the video game community i wish that we weren't all lumped into one large community and there's a little bit of there's a little bit of delineation uh between members of the of the gaming community like there are fighting game there there is a fighting game community that exists and there's But in like to the general world, when you step back from this hobby, um, we are video gamers, and there are there are just it is frustrating to be part of that group and have these people that exist that can treat other people so horribly, so inhumanely. Like it's it's frustrating because those people, whether we like it or not, represent us to a much larger group. Yeah. And that's frustrating. It sucks a lot. So my, my request is just don't be a jerk to people. Don't be a jerk. to Don't be a jerk to anybody. Be tactful. Like, like take the high road on things. If there is somebody like we just talked about, if there's somebody of the same gender or opposite gender, it doesn't matter. Uh, who, who is is trolling you in some way like leave it don't in like don't instigate don't don't it shouldn't even need to be said don't make rape and death threats <laughs> right that's not a thing that should be said that's not a thing that should need to be said to anybody
0: right yeah
1: like like that's never okay so just like don't do it
0: it's true and i'm uh I'm just pulling on my phone because I wanted to check. There was a couple comments. Uh, I posted a link to the Kotaku coverage of the male-only video game tournament uh, that, that sparked this entire conversation. Um, I think John and I are totally in agreement that the International E-Gaming League went about this the wrong way. We think that it should be open to women. Um, no reason to separate it. I personally very strongly think there should be an additional female only league to encourage extra participation based on my knowledge of of what i how I feel females feel in the community um, to give them an additional uh, like nurturing community where they can grow and become really good gamers in a comfortable environment um, and i I don't think either of us think that it needs to be uh, separated to be a legitimate sport. Our uh, listeners also chimed in. Uh, Crawler3333 said, I read in the article comments that chess, uh, the sport most comparable to video games, actually allows females to compete against males and has a woman-only tournament as well. I can't see why they're not doing that in the same case. That's kind of what we Neither just can said. we. Uh, Jamie Butterworth says, This is just stupid. We're not talking anything like sports. Doesn't make sense why the genders aren't blended in esports. By hosting a male only and a female only, you aren't working to be inclusive but exclusionary, especially when they don't feature the same games. I'm going to start my own tournament for the ladies called the Vagina Gamalogs. <laughs> and he additionally, um, then uh, there was a question another listener posed about kind of why talk about this? You know, what's it, what's it going to do? for the gaming community to talk about this. It's not helping anyone. And Jamie pointed out.
1: Well, I think, well, I think his, I think
0: that, that
1: question that you just referred to the point was that all it will do is spark the vocal minority that we talked about to do more terrible things. So like it basically his, I think his post was kind of why feed the trolls by talking about it.
0: Sure. Okay. Um, Well, but Jamie brought up a good point that I think is worth mentioning. And he said, by not tackling things like this head-on that encourages these problems to continue, Gamers and gaming uh, gaming and gamers are already erroneously looked at as sexist, so not ridiculing things like this does nothing to dispel that. And that goes back to what you said about how, yeah, gamers are viewed by a lot of people as really sexist. I mean, the whole feminist frequency deal is really speaking to, like, one. Yeah, I mean, that doesn't just
1: appear out of nowhere. That is a response to... You know what I mean? That's a response. Like that is a that is a response. Like the the feminist frequency thing. That is a response to a perception about the community. Exactly.
0: Which I feel is propagated as you do by um, I think a minority. I mean, I don't think most gamers are sexist jerks. None of the ones I That's know are. A, how about? How about? I hope they're not. I hope they're not. So, th- right. I mean, yeah, the The final thing I, I kind of wanted to say actually kind of ties back into the giant bomb thing. Uh, and that's and, and this goes into uh, in into other gamers. Right. So like the Internet can be a cool place where you meet people you would otherwise never meet and interact with people you would otherwise never, ever interact with. Right. We know our gamer friends. We meet friends at work and places where we meet gamers but on the internet it's 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 you know anything goes anybody you can meet right. uh, we met jamie butterworth really great podcaster he's got some cool videos right uh he lives somewhere in the south i don't know where uh we've never met him in person of course but that's cool we talked to him he's got different perspectives on things we get that but he's not a sexist jerk uh several other games we interact with uh zen gamer games rosa um jay none of those guys seem like sexist jerks. They all seem like pretty cool guys. And from what I've gathered, they're located all around the country. So, um, we've, we've had the fortune of, you know, been fortunate enough to meet a lot of other gamers that I think I feel are representative of gamers, smart guys that can have an, an intelligent conversation about things and have a passion for gaming. And it doesn't matter if it's a guy or a girl playing it, but they got a passion for gaming. And that's really cool. Um, but the the final final thing was, uh, in regards to the criticism of Giant Bomb hiring two straight male white dudes, and that entire criticism in the first place, it's it's still not um, it's still not deserving of rape and death threats. Obviously, but my personal opinion, and I, I you may differ on this, but my personal opinion is uh, my. I was a meeting in college once and I was pointing out how everybody in the room is white. Oh, you know, like we need more diversity, blah, blah, blah. And my RA at the time, uh, Suze, who is a lesbian and is now married happily, um, she turned to me and she said, diversity is not just skin deep. And I think it's almost insulting for someone to say that because – A community is – the majority is straight white males or whatever, okay? Like, yeah, that sucks. We need more racial diversity in game creation. But to say that there is any consequence to hiring forum moderators behind avatars for Giant Bomb, the fact that they're white males – I don't think it has any consequence because I look at my life and I work in marketing agency with mostly a lot of other white people. I would probably have more fun at a party if I invited uh, Zen Gamer and Jay and uh, GVG, INU and Jamie and like a diverse cast of people over to my place to play some video games. We'd get along a whole lot better than me and a bunch of other white people in the same room that I know because we don't have any of the same interests. So I just I'm insulted a little bit when people insist that like you need like a token black person on your team, or, like a token whatever, you know? Because just because someone is different racially doesn't mean that they are a completely it's like they're from a different planet. And the way the way that, that this woman and I think some other people recently have been presenting the games industry is it's homogenous, everyone's the same, same background, same same everything, same income, same raising, blah, blah, blah. Just because we're white. And that's like saying every black person is the same. And that's offensive. It's not true. Everyone is different. It doesn't matter what the color of your skin is. There's certain things and certain perspectives that are different for each race, certainly. And game designers should include more racial diversity, and that's something everybody's working on. But, like, pick your battles. And when it comes to two guys moderating forums behind Avatar as a giant bomb, I don't give a f- who they are. I don't care if they're black, white, purple, pink... Gay, straight, male, gay to male, or male to female to male again. Like, I don't care. It's an avatar. Their job is to ban people that make rape and death threats. As long as they can do that, like, it doesn't have any impact on anything. So pick your battles. That's my little tangent at the write-down that I swore. I went through a lot of diversity. So you talk about how the
1: internet internet could be a good place. Yeah. And that's that's a good way to talk about Summer Games Done Quick, which we both tuned into. Uh, we have a long and storied history now of talking about this particular group of speedrunners. Um, it's actually a speedrunning community. Um, it's not like a group of speedrunners, but I think like all of the, all of the people like that do the, the world record speedrunning type stuff all belong to this community. It's, uh, what's it called? It's games it's just
0: games done quick right uh speedrunners archive hosts a lot speed of is where, are, there's a couple sites sick.
1: yeah i think it's all done by the same people though mm-hmm. but the point is is like they put on something twice a year and it's a charity drive and it lasts a full week which is awesome and it is 24 hours a day for a full week uh and it is speedruns of some of your favorite games some games you've probably never heard of um and they just do them one after another again, twenty four seven. They put up a schedule and they follow the schedule pretty well. Um, and uh, so you can kind of see which games are coming up uh, far ahead of time. They post the schedules like months in advance, and then you can tune in and watch people speed run these games. Um, and Cody and I have talked about the past two, I think, at least two, if not three, events that they've hosted. They always host one in the summertime called Summer Games Done Quick. And then in the wintertime in January, there'll be a uh, an Awesome Games Done Quick. Um, and we've, again, we talked about Awesome Games Done Quick the last time. And I think the first time we ever talked about speedrunning was last Summer Games Done Quick. So here we are again. We just made it through another Summer Games Done Quick. Um, and it was awesome again. It's awesome every single time um, that I watch it. So I didn't get to watch that many. I was I was working like the entire time that this whole thing was going on, um, and I love it, but I don't love it enough to like take off for it. So, uh, but when I did get to watch it, I got to see a couple a couple of great runs. One of them was Omega Mega Man X head to head, and it was really the first race that I that I'd watched. I didn't get to watch any of the races the last two the last two events. Um, But it was the first race I got to watch between two people for playing Mega Man X. And it was super close. I mean, the game took, I think, about 45 to 50 minutes. And I think they were within 20 seconds of each other at the end. So, and the best part was it was back and forth the whole time. So, but when you watch these live, it's awesome because like the speedrunners are... Almost flawless, but they're all—it's almost—and so they will occasionally make mistakes. And when you're watching it as a race, you see the mistake, and you see, like you just see them fall behind because of this mistake. Because you're watching it head to head, and the other person then will like do something flawlessly and make up a time. I mean, it's—it was just there was almost like a, there's almost like a beauty to it when you're watching it in terms of how of what they're doing. um So I was really impressed with that with. The, the Mega Man X I was totally into it um, and it was almost like suspenseful, especially towards the end they, because they were so close and then the other run I got to watch was one called I Want to Be the Boshi which was a variation on I Want to Be the Guy which I Want to Be the Guy was a Flash game that was made by some video game just a, a somebody com- completely in love with video games where it was Brutally difficult, like brutally the most difficult thing ever. Like super meat boy,
0: like super meat boy on crack, right?
1: Right. I mean, it was unfair. Like stuff would stuff would happen that if you had not seen it the first time, you would not know that it was about to happen and it would kill you. That kind of thing. Um, it was just a little like platformer thing, but it would also it was it was completely free, and so it was allowed to use whatever copyrighted characters there were because they didn't make any money off of it so there were all these different characters from your favorite video games mostly nintendo properties that were all over the game well i want to be the boshi is like a harder version <laughs> made by a fan of i want to be the guy
0: i want to be the man I wanna or, or the i want to be, be the guy
1: i want to be the, i want to be the guy oh it's, it's i want to be the guy okay and so I want to be the Boshi is like a harder version of that. Completely redone, completely different levels and everything. Um, and the speedrun of that was probably my favorite speedrun I think I've ever watched. Because it's think of like like take a platformer and then take a bullet hell shooter and it's like half ridiculously hard platformer, half bullet hell shooter. And like then think of somebody speedrunning that. <laughs> I mean, he di- He probably died about like twenty-five to thirty times over the course of the run, and that is like a f- that is that is an incredible run of this game. It was amazing. It was incredible. Oh, he
0: died more than that. He died like probably sixty or seventy. I would say
1: it was awesome, though. Uh, yeah, awesome.
0: that's not a shot at his skill. I mean, it, yeah, it's you told me after watching it. You said. After watching this for five minutes, that's just enough time for me to never want to play this game.
1: Oh my god i yeah, because you see the you see a guy like that and you're like he has dedicated hundreds of hours to this, and like I would want to be able to do this starting the game like i I would not have the patience to to get good enough to even complete the game, I'm sure. So, uh that was really that was really awesome though. So that was kind of my highlight of of my summer games done quick was watching I want to be the boshi.
0: Yeah, it was it was um at first glance the most difficult game played. And the guy the guy was yeah. I, I told you at one point I G-chatted you and I said this may be literally one of the best video game players in the world. Like to have, Oh, for sure. To have that level of skill, unbelievable. Yeah. It, you've played Super Meat Boy, right? I have. Yeah. So, yeah. Super Meat Boy times 25 difficulty times 10. Insane. Yeah.
1: yeah I mean, I, you, you, listener, you have to, you should honestly just like YouTube. I want to be the Boshi, uh, like, like playthrough, to get an idea. Cause I can't, we can't really describe the, di- like the difficulty of the game is beyond description. It's not, it's not a game that like a normal person would ever play. Like, you would never sit down a, a person who casually plays video games in front of this game ever, ever, ever. Like, there's no way they could have fun with it. I mean, it's beyond, it's beyond what we can describe. So, you take a look at it, because it's, it's crazy.
0: Yeah, it's ridiculous. And that's why we're talking about SGDQ 2014, is because it was running 24-7 for the entire week. So, you couldn't have seen everything. So, we're going to talk about our favorite runs, and you can look them up on YouTube and watch them. And they're really fun. That's right. I actually watched part of the Final Fantasy VI run from work today because it's... So the Final Fantasy
1: VI run was the very last run that they did. I watched none of it, but it was a 100% speed run. And it was on at
0: midnight? It started at like 1230. God, that's ridiculous. Yeah, it started a bit late. And they reached the incentive goal. So the way that um, the donations work are you can... So if you donate like $50, you can select from a list of incentive goals... And if they reach that incentive goal, then they have to do that thing. So, for example, they were going to do a speedrun of Super Mario 64 where the runner had to get 70 stars. If if SGDQ made $500,000, then it went up to 90 stars. If it made $600,000, it had to go up to 120 stars, something like that. But you could put your money... That was an overall goal, actually. More specific ones would be like for um for final fantasy 6 you could put
1: $40 to naming this character
0: to, this yeah naming each character so you could nominate a character name and then whichever name had the most money towards it would would be named that um final fantasy 6 had several incentive goals one of which was i think it was $10,000 and if people allocated $10,000 uh towards that incentive then they would make it 100% all characters all espers run which they met So it took them seven and a half hours to get every character and Esper somehow. Yeah. And I mean,
1: to get every Esper in the game, you have to, like, traditionally, you have to do all of the side quests, period.
0: I I think it was a glitchless run. That's crazy. It's insane. (laughs) It's insane. Um so, yeah, there was another incentive goal that's kind of fun if you watch the, the last play. There, there's an incentive for the Demon Chocobo background. And the Demon Chocobo, so you can customize the menus in Final Fantasy VI. So instead of a blue background, it's like red or purple. They also have a couple patterns, and one of them is like a blue background with a bunch of Chocobo head silhouettes in it. And it looks atrocious. It's, like, hard to read the screen with that background. Well, you can change the color palette of every part of that background. So the Demon okay. Chocobo is a purple, like, a dark purple background. And the Chocobo is, like, has a black outline with a neon green inside. And then, like, purple inside of that. And it just looks... It It hurts to look at. And <laughs> And they checked every 10 minutes, and whichever menu palette was winning every 10 minutes, they would switch to it. They would change it? Yeah. So it ran. So I believe they start with the Demon Chocobo background, and then at various points throughout the run, they switch back to it. And the ending is actually also with the Demon Chocobo background. So that was one of the ridiculous things. But it took seven and a half hours because it was a 100% run. And another incentive goal was that they would perform the opera at the opera section and they met that incentive goal. So the two runners As in sing it. Huh? As, as in sing. sing it. Oh yeah, as in sing it. Yeah. And so oh. this was actually a co op run. There were there was a guy and a girl, I think it was a brother and sister, doing the run. And there was also like this Final Fantasy VI kind of expert also sitting on the couch with them who was just there to provide extra was- extra commentary. Oh, that's- That's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, He was there to provide extra commentary. Then there was one other guy that didn't talk as much, but he was also on the couch. But you can actually find, if you look on YouTube, you can find just the opera. Just search SGDQ Final Fantasy VI Opera 2014. It is really funny because the crowd gets involved uh, just like spontaneously, not being prompted at all. But the crowd gets involved and starts acting as the soldiers fighting each other. Uh, and they put like voice filters on their microphones it's really funny It was really i was surprised i expect i was like oh god they're gonna do the operas to me so stupid but it turned out really funny so um that's worth checking out the final fantasy 6 that's run. pretty good yeah i'm not gonna watch the whole thing because it's long but yeah um a couple other highlights for me so the Mega Man x2 speed run did you watch that
1: um, I saw, I, I saw the start of it. I saw that it was a four player race for that game.
0: Yeah. So that was exciting too. The Mega Man, uh, X2 race. But I didn't get to watch that whole run. Yeah. Have you ever heard of the game Metal Wolf? No. Uh, apparently. I think you, you might've just made it up. No, you don't. I saw part of it. It's not a PS1 game. Apparently you play as the president of the United States and it has. Oh, I heard them. They, talk, they had been talking about raising enough money. Cause this was an objective.
1: This was a, uh, Oh an incentive. This was an incentive to play metal wolf. And they were talking about it from the start of the entire event of summer <laughs> games done quick about reaching this incentive. Did they reach it?
0: Uh, yeah. Cause I watched part of it at work and I, I was, I was only paying like, they made it sound like it was the funniest game ever. Oh my God, John, I, I turned on at one point and this woman goes, the white house more like the fight house, and that's in, I'm have to, That's in-game dialogue.
1: I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to uh, like look up.
0: Yeah, look up the... I think the last line in the game is "I'm the President of the United States of America." In <laughs> this like terrible '90s voice actor voice. It was real, like the whole crowd was just laughing every couple of minutes, and I, I missed some of the lines, but it, it seemed ridiculous. It's like a mech game, but yeah, I I want to look more of that. So Metal Wolf, I'm gonna check out. Uh, in terms of Mega Man speedruns, the they speed ran Mega Man one, three, five, and six. Is that right? Okay. They, um, I don't remember if they. I don't did know s- if they did six. Yeah, I don't know if they did six, but they did one, three, and five. Um, three and five, I think are really popular. They're really they're really great. I kind of like them more than one, but. Watching the speed run for one was my favorite because they glitch more. And I liked I liked watching them glitch out a ton. Um, three, sure. three and five, they just kind of ran straight through. Uh, like one or two minor glitches. But one, they were like surfing through entire like rooms and crazy stuff. So check out the Mega Man 1 speed run. I thought that was actually the strongest of the three or most entertaining, I guess. And um, – mm-hmm. I watched a bunch of other stuff. I didn't even remember. There was an Ocarina of Time speedrun race. You know, they can beat Ocarina of Time in under 20 minutes now. Yeah, it's,
1: I I know it's I know it's very short with some Deku Tree glitch.
0: Uh, yeah, really, really short. So um, Cosmo, I believe, holds the world record. I, I've seen his speedrun a few different times when he's broken it. And I like Cosmo. Cosmo's the only speedrunner I know by name. But he seems like a really nice guy. And when we were talking about video game communities and stuff like that earlier, I wish more people mainstream would tune into SGDQ because the speedrunners in that community are so nice. All of them are so nice to each other and they're so respectful. Cosmo played this other kid in the speedrun and this this kid is like 16 that he played against. I think Cosmo's probably in his 20s. Um Cosmo and this kid were like Neck and neck, and then this kid could not get a glitch near the end of the game to work. And of course, these glitches are like frame perfect and you know pixel perfect, where it's right. they're so precise, like it's very hard to get in the first place, let alone consistently. And the kid just couldn't do it. So at the end of the speed run, he 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 couldn't get it, and I think Ganon killed him or something, and he just gave up. Cosmo had finished like five minutes prior, and he's just like, "Good game." But Cosmo spent the next five minutes telling the accolades of this kid and listing off every exploit this kid had discovered (laughs) like Cosmo was so nice he was just like yeah I mean yeah you were way ahead of me at the start I'm I'm like you know I just got really lucky with that one glitch like there's no way I I I was really surprised it came from behind and like he was really just like talking him up like yeah man that was really close it's really good run you know all this and then uh And then he's just like, yeah, I mean, uh, there's this exploit, this nut exploit at the start of the game. He actually discovered that. Uh, this exploit, he discovered that. So, you know, I mean, half this run this guy came up with. And he just, like, kept going on. And he knew all of it, which shows how close the speedrunning community is. They, they all seem to really know each other really well. Um, mm-hmm. They're name-dropping each other in every run. You'll hear people name-dropping each other. You know, this person discovered this, or this is the first speedrunner of this, or, oh, there's a Japanese speedrunner that's really good at this. Um, and he's just like you know telling this guy's accolades and stuff, and he was just he was just so nice and respectful about it. it is it, that was cool? It was really cool to see. I mean, I also remember I also remember
1: you telling me about it. You mentioned it, but you didn't really talk about it, the Super Mario sixty four speed run
0: that you did. You watched that. Right? Oh my god! I was gonna go to bed didn't, at like midnight f- yeah. Friday. I stayed up for like an hour and a half watching it. That game is one of them. So it. It was 120 stars, right? It was 120. He did it in an hour and 43 minutes. That doesn't even make any sense. It's like 45 seconds a star. Done that From start to finish. Yeah, that was the most mesmerizing run. I, I, I could not stop watching. And I think it's because of... I have
1: watched a uh, Mario 64 speedrun before.
0: They glitch
1: so much in that game, right? That's how they do it.
0: Well, they can glitch a lot to skip stuff, and they do glitch to make shortcuts, but it was cool seeing the whole 120-star run. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because it was like the 100 coins that you have to get in every level. He had to get all 100 coins. Oh, sure. He wasn't just glitching. He was just doing it so ridiculously fast. Uh, The first Bowser stage, he switched the camera. He got through it in like 30 seconds. Wall jumping off things and just I showed it to Blake, uh, our friend Blake came, came over to my place and he was like, "What the hell just happened?" <laughs> like,
1: oh, it makes me kind of want to
0: watch it. Oh my god, dude! D- d- at least watch the Bowser stage. It it destroyed me. It destroyed me. And actually, um, somebody at like Kotaku pointed out the link to the past run, um, was was pretty impressive. Legend of Zelda: The Link to the Past. But there's one point where a guy has to, um, he has one. 24th of a second uh, so one frame it's 1 24th of a second or 1 30th of a second um, he had to hit a frame perfect button during a dash 32 frames in a row so like what? It, it, I, I don't remember the, the specifics but and it took him 10 minutes to do it I mean he because um so it's basically in like a the Moldorn when you fight the Moldorn boss um, he had to dash across a pit and because he didn't have the hook shot, he had to exploit a glitch where when <laughs> you didn't have the hook shot. Because, yeah. of... Oh my <laughs> because of course, he's like at the end of the game, no hook shot. So right. he had to hit dash and then stop dashing and then hit it again in order to continuously like begin the dash. Oh, sure. For like It was like 32 frames in a row or something or 32 like something That's in a row. Insane. And he did it, it again. It took him like he would fall down the pit and then have to go upstairs and try it again. It Took him about ten minutes to get it. But the fact that he even got it, uh, somebody said in the comments, that's not even considered a speedrun technique. That's considered a tool-assisted speedrun technique. Like that's considered a thing you only do if you can like stop and freeze. Oh, the rain. really? Yeah. <laughs> and he did it. Live. Jeez! And he did it. He did it himself. <laughs> yeah. That's insane. So supposedly that could have been the most difficult individual technique in the entire run. Um but yeah, it was good. And there was also a really good Oracle of Seasons run by a uh, a speedrunner named Bananas who happens to be female. She was the only solo fedit female speedrunner that I'm aware of and she was great. And apparently the chat, the Twitch chat during her run was disgusting. Um Shame on you! Anybody watching this that was in that Twitch chat participating in a negative or or uh, or harassing way,
1: yeah,
0: it's not okay. That's not okay. She she I and I tweeted at her. She she was really good though. I actually got to watch some of that run, and she was entertaining. She was she was fun. Like she was fun to watch. She was good at it, obviously, but funny. And, she did like, some crazy jumping in that crazy game. Crazy jumping. Like, do. really impressive. Like, fun to watch. Entertaining. Um, and I t- I, she tweeted later after the con, like, yeah, made some really great friends. And, of course, hate some people even more now. And I was just like, I tweeted at her. I'm just like, dude, don't just ignore the haters. Like, you were awesome. Like, I'm totally subscribing to you. So, um, give Bananas some love. Just go to Twitch. I think it's Twitch.tv slash Bananas or... Bonetta, yep. something you, you can find her if you if you search. But she was great, and I like. She's just one other example of great talent that happens to be in a female body um, that just contributes like something really cool to to the gaming community. So, like, let's lower the barrier of entry for for girls because we w- I want more of them. She she was fun. She's fun, but yeah, I think that's that's like my main favorite speed runs, really. Speedrun speed is
1: really speedrun is really interesting to me because you know these people before before Twitch I don't think that they really had a, a, any kind of way to make any money like zero income Twitch at least gives them the ability to to uh, get people to subscribe to their channels and so they they can both speedrun and stream at the same time and actually make money that way but before that. Um, these people were just doing this for complete love of the games and nothing else. Because there's no monetary value in this. I imagine it's not easy to live off of speedrunning, but the amount of time that it takes as dedication, it, the amount of time it takes to be able to do it is insane. I'm sure it's insane. Oh, so, yeah. One speedrunner said,
0: I've been running this for six months straight. I mean, pretty much literally straight. Yeah,
1: that means he's probably not played anything else, right? Or done so, anything else. He probably plays six hours yeah. a day. Right. So it's just, like, really impressive, It's and it takes an, an incredible amount of dedication, an incredible amount of time. So um, I'm glad like Twitch is around so that these people can actually, if they're going to dedicate this much time to it, at least they can find a way to make money while
0: they're doing it. Yeah, it's super cool. It's super cool. And I I would never, ever have the discipline to be a speedrunner, ever. No. But they are amazing. They're really cool. Their community seems really supportive and cool. And...
1: And listener, this event is always for charity. Last time in Awesome Games Done Quick, they actually raised over a million dollars for a charity. This time they raised over $700,000. So they always do great work, raise a lot of money, and it's totally worth checking out. So when January rolls around, you will hear us probably talk about it before it comes around. It's going to be Awesome Games Done Quick, and it's going to happen in January.
0: Yeah, it's usually a little bigger because Summer Games Done Quick, a lot of people are on vacation. Yeah, they, it's the
1: summertime people are outside yeah
0: so you know they do it every six months that's why they have a summer right. one awesome games on quick yeah it was the prevent cancer foundation in january and uh that was over a million this was doctors without borders 700 some right. thousand so very cool and there's there's always prizes too so if you donate there's usually a minimum donation to get entered for a prize um they always give away really cool you might stuff. win something yeah you could even win something for donating. i donated four different times they go donated like 70 or 80 bucks over the the course That's of That's great. It. Yeah. Yeah. Um I don't have that much money just sitting around. So I I just it was all impulse donations. But I some of it I just I'm just watching and I'm just like, my God, you guys are really good. Yeah. Like really good. And surprisingly well spoken. You know, I think Twitch is helping them become better at like explaining these things and talking and things like that, because they need to be good at that to build an audience. Yeah,
1: I'll, I'll be honest. One of, one of my like favorite things about speedruns is when the game is so intense that they, the person, like there, there were multiple times in the speedruns that I watched where the people were like, I can't really talk right now. I really have to concentrate yeah. on this. <laughs> yeah. So like, they literally couldn't even explain what was going on because they had to be in such deep concentration. And so a lot of times you'll see these speedrunners with another ec- expert on the game who's not actually even playing the game, who doesn't play the game, but who just knows the game. And they, they are the ones that explain it while the runner is running and, like, why the runner is doing these certain things. And it's like, you know, the runner's going into his menu uh, and pressing X this many times because it allows this memory to blah, 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 blah. Oh, and th- I will say that the most insane thing I saw for the whole thing, for the whole speedrunning marathon, was a Pokemon speedrun. And apparently there's some... There's some logic in the Pokemon game, to where you can make the Pokemon game cartridge run run game code that you have written by naming your boxes. What? Uh, by naming your Pokemon boxes certain things. If you name them certain things, and then you use the coin case to look at your coins, it runs that it runs through the text somehow in each of your boxes as code. And if you have written code using just like normal characters, it executes that code. And so I don't even know how to how to explain this really. You have to watch this. So he gets to a point in the game and I think it was Pokemon Gold, maybe that he was playing or Ruby it doesn't matter. He gets he plays about an hour and a half or two hours of the game, something like that. And he gets to the point where he has like a certain number of Pokemon with a certain number of moves that he has to have. And then he just goes into the, the PC and he starts naming stuff. Um, and it's all in kanji, so it's all in Japanese, because they always use the Japanese card of the game. And he names all of these boxes and it and while he's doing this, the guy on the couch next to him is kind of explaining what's going on. And then he uses the coin case. And when he uses the coin case, the code that he has written does a couple of things. It eliminates all Pokemon out of his out of his party. So he has zero Pokemon, which is impossible. You can't have zero Pokemon. It um, makes his character model disappear. It makes any door he exits be a warp to the very last person you talk to and fight to, for the end of the game. So he walks out of the door of the Pokemon hospital, is immediately teleported to the, the end of the game, and he talks to that person. And because he has no Pokemon in his party, the game has a like failsafe where if you don't have any Pokemon, the game automatically assumes you've won the battle. So it immediately goes to the ending screen. Because it assumes he won the battle because he has no Pokemon, which is impossible to have. No Good. Pokemon. And he did that by writing his own code in the box names of your PC. It was the I, I can't even... It was insane. It was awesome.
0: Yeah, they did. So go check
1: that out. Uh-huh. I said, so go check
0: that out because that was awesome. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, I also do two super crazy glitches in Link to the Past and Super Metroid. You can beat either of – well, Super Metroid I think they beat in, like, 15 or 20 minutes using an X-ray glitch exploit. They go to, like, uh, the starting uh, screen where Samus' ship is hovering, use the X-ray scope, and there's some kind of glitched exploit that lets them like, fall through the game – and then it triggers the exploding sequence at the end of the game, which it allows you to run rare. over to the ship and just get in and you fly away and you've won the game. Of course it uh, is. Yeah, it's really weird. And uh, Link to the Past, there's one. It's like the first staircase in Hyrule Castle. Once you get into the actual castle from the basement, uh, you can like go to the side of it and then walk through some empty screens and then end up in the Triforce room. Okay. I think it was like a three-minute run. Maybe two. <laughs> so... Yeah. It's pretty cool stuff. Yeah, there's some really cool super glitchy ones, which is fun. Um but yeah, Summer Games Done Quick 2014. And look forward to AGDQ cuz it's, it's 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 these are my two favorite weeks in gaming now. Like I would I would I was I was streaming at work. I'd get home from work, sit on my couch, I would do DDP yoga in one window and have the stream in the other window uh for a lot of it, and then I would sit down and just literally just watch streams all night. Yeah, it's pretty cool. that good to me. So I I love, 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 love it. So Anyway, wow, this is a long podcast. We didn't even get to talk about what people are playing this weekend, but there's only three comments, so this won't take long. Listener, we always ask, what do you play this weekend? Chad and Jamie both said Shovel Knight. Actually, Chad said Shovel Knight. Can you dig it? Get it? I get it. You get it? And Jamie said Shovel Knight and also likely Twilight Princess and some other as yet undecided games. Twilight Princess, uh, my favorite Zelda game on record, just saying. Um, And uh, I got Shovel Knight. I have actually posted Unqualified Gamers' first ever Let's Play videos. They're not very exciting. I don't talk a whole lot. Here's what happened. I hit record on my computer. Because you're shoveling. Yeah, I was shoveling. I hit record on my computer. I started playing Shovel Knight. I thought to myself, you know... I, I, I was like, I'll just see what happens. And I just didn't have a lot to say, so I just kind of played most of it. I make a comment here or there, but it's mostly just kind of watch the game. Um, Audio is a little wonky with the music, so parts two and three are better. I'm going to finish part four tonight, maybe, if I ever go to sleep. So um, Shovel light, you can watch me play the entire game on our YouTube channel if you want. And yes, that is allowed by Yacht Club Games, the publisher. I checked their website. They're okay with it. Uh, so check that out if you want. If you didn't get it, really fun game. Highly recommend. I will review in the coming weeks. Uh, Matthew says he's playing Rezo Gun. You ever heard of that?
1: Yeah, that was one of the free games on uh, PS4 when it f- the PS4 first came out. Like when you were a PS Plus member, nice. you got Rezo Gun for free.
0: Nice. And uh Christopher said Bravely Default also had to help someone set up their Xbox 360 Connect so I played some Connect Sports and Connect Adventures. Um and he his opinion is the Connect is a bit inaccurate. Oh, interesting. I've heard mixed re- mixed reports just like with the Wii. Some people can't get their Wii remote to to play. When I was playing through Skyward Sword, I had to give some advice to a listener on on how to control your movements so that we could better pick up Wii motion plus. And it worked for them. So that I think that's good. I thought Skyward Sword was pretty user friendly. You just had to get used to the range, but I'm also playing through bravely default. I'm on chapter five, supposedly the final chapter. So I'm playing all the games. Our fans are playing. You can, you can
1: actually talk about that soon.
0: I, yeah, I can, I can, I'm hoping to beat it this week or next week. Um, you know, long holiday weekend for independence day. Happy independence day, by the way, uh, listeners, Happy America. It's too bad about that America. World Cup. Maybe America. next year, right? Let's go get some
1: Freedom Fries.
0: <laughs> freedom Waffles. Freedom
1: Fries. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, or Freedom Waffles. That's Boycott cool. Belgium Waffles.
0: Christopher, Belgian? Christopher's Belgian. Uh, Christopher's also continued writing uh, guest articles for us over at UnqualifiedGamers.com. So go check those out. And... Uh, and all that good stuff. My voice is gone, so I'm, I'm out of things to say. And
1: go to hell. Yeah. Is that what you're going to say? Yeah, that's... what That's yeah. rude.
0: that's our normal rude. sign-off, isn't it? Is that our new sign-off? Go to hell. Is that a Diablo reference, you Diablo freak? No.
1: No, I'm literally just telling him to go to hell.